Welcome to Inside Yorkshire with Susan, bringing you intriguing details about the lives of people here in Yorkshire. So, come on in and join us. Susan here inside Yorkshire. Now today I'm talking to Daniel Northcott who is providing personal protection equipment and um, products which are obviously vital at present with the problems that we're all facing. And at first I was just wanting to check with you Daniel um, what your background is, where, where you've, um, you started from. Sure, uh, firstly thank you for having me Susan, I really appreciate it. Um, so I grew up in New Zealand. I grew up on a little dairy farm in Taranaki. Um, went to boarding school. Um, then I ended up going to Poifakati New Zealand Drama School. So I've got a, uh, a Bachelor of Performing Arts majoring in um, acting and directing. And from there, um, um, just through a, a series of events, um, a couple of climbing buddies of mine and adventure enthusiasts brought me to the UK uh, filming a TV program called Dog Apple. And we were the riggers and the climbers in the background um, creating the show. And I was doing the editing and the writing and the photography. And um, we got picked up by a production company here in Leeds called uh, Century North. And really my kind of journey in the UK begins there with rigging, climbing and rope access. Um, how long ago was that, Daniel? So that was in 2005 that I came. Um, and then I met, while I was here doing the filming, and um, I met my my wife, Berenice, who's also uh, 50% owner of Access North of me. And um, from there, uh, Berenice was a designer, and she, um, she was a freelance designer, so a graphic designer. And uh, from there... We, you know, our relationship blossomed. The TV show ended up falling under and I had to get a job. So I got a bar job then I got a job washing cars. And then um, I found that you could, I could use my climbing skills in um, construction. And from there really, uh, just the rigging in the background um, for climbers, uh, sorry, for performing, for performers uh, and performing arts, for example, uh, Cirque du Soleil from, safety and PPE and preparation and routine of doing that to take in those skills uh, and uh, transferring them over to construction. Um, and the body's called IRATA. It's the, uh, yeah, it's basically the, the body that controls rope access in the, in the industry. And um, I got my level one in, in 2006, seven, which in these three levels in rope access and three being the highest. And that's where you become a, a manager. Um, and then using those skills, just in, in, you know, my into living on the ropes, installing structures. And so one of the products that uh, I fell in love with was ETFE and ETFE, they, they built the Eden project out of. And so, um, what does that stand for Daniel? Um, ethylene tetrafluoroethylene. It's a, um, it's the sister to Teflon PTFE but it's not used. It's only used like um, for chemical resistance and pipes or roofing materials, things like that. Nothing to do with uh, yeah, the home cooking environment like Teflon. And so mm. 
after the Eden Project was built, ETFE had a bit of a renaissance and took off. And so I learned all about the manufacturing, the installation, the engineering side of it. And then my wife and I went to New Zealand in 2009 um, for a year, a year and a half, helping build the stadiums for the, uh, the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand with ETFE. And then unfortunately, um, uh, Bernice's mother got, uh, got really sick. But um, so we had to move back. Uh, she got through, she had cancer, so she got through it, which is great. And, but when we came back in 2010, at the end of 2010, there was this horrendous snowstorm. I don't know if you remember 2010 going into 2011. And there was no work. There was absolutely no construction work. So I started Access North then. Picked up uh, maintenance contracts. And during the recession, uh, there was obviously no construction. So we started off purely as a maintenance company doing maintenance inspection on structures and really the business has gone from there from strength to strength so we we were doing maintenance on all of like born measures and uh, center parks structures for a few for a number of years and um, doing all the structural engineer reports the um, the integrity of the of the structures the fabric especially so we we kind of specialized in um, ptfe and etfe which is like a tensile fabric uh, structure um, and we looked after these uh, structures and then from the maintenance side of things then we schism to the build side of things when the industry picked back up and so we've been building and looking after structures and we call it a cradle to cradle service where we build and then we maintain it uh, for the last 11 years and from there the one of the main problems about one of uh, one of our roofs the etfe was that gulls really uh, loved eating the etfe um this it's a it's a basically if you think of the Eden project it's a clear it looks like glass but it's a lightweight mm. fluoropolymer uh the gulls absolutely loved it so what happens is the gulls they don't have their um their own ability to uh, poop so they have to eat inorganic matter and etfe and fep and Teflon are absolutely amazing for uh, handling uh, the hydrochloric acid in the guts. So in the gut, so the gulls eat it, the ETFE, destroy our roofs and push their poop out at the same time. So we had to think of a we we had to come up with a deterrent. And mm. so we kind of went down the route whereas we didn't want to have hawks um, shoo them off or rip them apart and we didn't want to poison them or shoot them. So we, we, we stumbled across this amazing product uh, called the Bird Laser. And our supplier, who we've got an amazing um, partnership with, they're called Pacifix, Pacifix UK. And the last couple of years, we've sort of been toying with this laser. And then we got our first sale for the laser to Bourne Leisure, who own Butlins and Haven. Um, we did a huge new structure for them at uh, Haggerston Castle up near Berwick-upon-Tweed. And we got our first sale of the bird laser and it was so successful that um, Haven were looking to roll out the bird laser throughout all their Haven sort of uh, um, resorts because they needed to keep the birds away from the pools, especially and the roofs. So when the, can I, can I just, uh, sorry, can I just ask yeah, you, Daniel? Go, then? Go. So how, how does the, um, the laser work then? It's humane, presumably. It is, yeah. So it's a green light green light laser it's a, a low i can't remember the class sorry off the top of my head but it's a a a class laser that uh, you can use for in agriculture and in 
the built environment. It's, a, it's got a particular width where it's about 50 mil, so it doesn't do any harm to, uh, to people if it hits them. And what it does is it goes around, the, it circulates or oscillates around the roof and it goes around the structure of the roof um, and the birds think it's a huge piece of steel that's shooing them away. And so it redirects them. Oh. Yeah, so they think it's a big object. So they, they avoid it and end up, uh, yeah, the flock ends up moving to the forest next door or someone else's roof down the okay. road. That's good. And, That's yeah, good. and it's, it's, it was so successful. The reason, actually, the reason why they, they, they really needed it was not, not because uh, it, the gulls were destroying the roof for this particular uh, site because it was a new roof. And we went for, with a thicker ETFE so they couldn't penetrate. But what was happening was the birds were landing on the middle and they were pooing everywhere all over the roof. So when people were looking up having their Papa John's uh, pizzas, they could see just like a pigsty above them. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So the management were like, we've got to, we've got to stop this. And um, yeah, so they invested in the bird laser and it was so successful. Like there was absolutely yeah, no bird poo like what they had before. And so, yeah, that's mm -hmm. why they started to get excited about it. But then obviously the viruses hit, right? No one's going to these places. So you've, you've managed, the business has managed them through um, one, well, you, you began in a recession, didn't yeah. you, from the sounds yeah. of it? And now here we are about to face another, or in the well, starting to face another now, aren't we? Well, it looks, it's going to be, a, it could be depression number two, actually. It could be. Um, mm. So, yeah, we've, we've had to pivot. Uh, I've seen that buzzword. Um, around or diversify and so what what happened was we had to stop all our orders with pacifix uh, for the bird laser and they said um hey look guys we've got this uh, other product that we think will fit really well with you guys and um because you've got the service and you've got the teams and the, uh the systems really and i said okay great what is it they said well we've got this product this biosecurity product called uh, stereo 7 basically you you fog rooms and you uh sp or spray or you wipe down rooms and they said what we've noticed is that footballers are paying a certain amount of money for teams to go into their homes to sterilize their homes uh before and after uh they come uh, come uh, go to a game and then come back and we're like wow okay and so we've so we're We've kind of taken it one step further and kind of trying to make it available to the masses um, and, and go with our teams. And the reason why it works is because in the work at height environment with the IRATA, it's, it's a, an amazing, well, how would I put it, uh, discipline. Yeah. So you have to be on your game. You have to be fit, healthy. You, you're looking after people in a, a really um a dangerous environment at height uh and yeah and, and it transposes to this type of environment really well where we have to come up with routines and habits and different risks assessments and method statements to go with whatever scenario that we're going to be going into so really lends well uh with what we have now and and with you know with this new product we could springboard and really help i believe society um and restaurants and pubs to to get them back up and running quickly 
um, not just with the fogging and the stereo seven, but also helping with routine and changing habits of look, you know, if you think about it, if you go to a, a, uh, a Sainsbury's, you go and you handle the trolley, then you're handling everything around you. And then you're going to the cash uh, register and you're handling money. So there's a lot of cases where the virus can, um, uh, what, what's the word? Um, Transmitted, yeah. Uh, and so what we need to do is to come up with healthy new habits to be able to break these, these chains. Um, and what we're noticing is that uh, cleaning companies, normal cleaning companies don't want to go into clean rooms because, you know, of the virus. So what we're trying to do is come up with a, 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 strate a strategy where we go in, we viral shield, say, for example, the Radisson, and then the cleaning companies coming after us they do all their cleaning and then we come back in and virus shield again for seven days and we're trying to create a, a cost effective solution to be able to, to, to break these chains. So the product that you have then that's the, the first product that you're dealing with then is actually a means of basically deep cleaning, hygienically deep cleaning places, which I'm presuming is, is happening now anyway, but there must be something on the market, but this is, how is yours different? The chemical has been produced for a outbreak. It is a, it's a, it's a biosecurity chemical. It's non-alcohol. It's, um, yeah, it's manufactured for, well, it was manufactured for, I think, I believe the equine, um, uh, outbreaks, um, a few years ago and so what and also yeah and what they wanted to do was to make sure that uh they were ready with a a uh, a, a substrate that could help um create a reactive barrier against viruses and so what this does is when we fog or mist a room or wipe down a room it leaves a reactive uh, barrier which lasts for seven days so the reason why after they clean because they're cleaning surfaces we have to come back in and redo the reactive barrier. So the reactive barrier is still there seven days later. Um, yeah. Would it need then to be redone every seven days to be effective? Yeah, we're not going to push it on people, but it would be. It would have to be done every seven days. Yeah. So if you are a, an environment that, say, for example, a, a restaurant, uh, you might need to do it every Sunday, for example, or every Monday when you're closed. And then, you know, then you know you have, know you have peace of mind for the next seven days with the uh, reactive barrier technology. Uh, so what happens is when the virus hits the surfaces, the reactive barrier technology is still there and it destroys the virus. Um, I've got to be, actually, I've got to be quite clear here. It, because COVID-19 is so new, we're going on precedence of what it does to, to uh, SARS and MERS and um, H1N1. Mm -hmm and norovirus and different other different viruses so does it then have to go through a testing process before it can be authorized for use here it is already authorized for use yeah okay that was what what was that that was the bpr reg, B, Correct. bpr Correct. wasn't it the yep. biocidal product regulation Correct. So it's authorised for use for that, but it's just um, to know whether or not it is going to be effective against the recent outbreak. It, I wondered if it's, that's going to be tested. Yeah, I think first and foremost on the agenda is to get a 
a um, not not an antidote, a uh, not a vaccine, a, a test that can test whether or not people can ha have had or have not had the virus, and that's a number of months away. And the other thing is the vaccine, which is at least eighteen months away. So we are in the dark at the moment of where the tests are in regards to the COVID-19 virus with, uh, with Steri 7. But we believe that because of its precedence killing SARS and MERS, that, uh, yeah, that it will do the same thing. But we will find out soon. And presumably then, well, I, I don't know, is it just something that you would wipe on like a disinfectant or a spray or something like that? How would it be used? So what we do is we, we prep, Everyone has to leave the house. Um, we have a fogging machine. It, it's like a little handheld vacuum cleaner that creates a mist, a fine mist. Mm. We get PP'd up, so everything is, so face masks is FFP3. We have um, suits, goggles, um, gloves, you know, every, the, the works, and a routine that goes with putting them on and off. And then we, so we go in, we enter the house, uh, and every room roughly takes, so, Every room is roughly about 30 seconds to fog and leaves a fine mist over everything, the floor, the surfaces, the ceiling. So for example, warehouses, if we have to get up high, we can climb or we can use rope access or we can use cherry pickers, um, scissor lifts. Uh, and then we, if we need to dry it quickly, say for example, there's an ambulance, we go into the, uh, the ambulance, we mist it, fog it, and then we fan dry it as quick as possible. To, to be able to sterilize it and if so if a home needs that then we'll after we're fogging we'll come from behind with a, a fan and just blow everything dry as quick as possible and we found out that that's the best solution okay and then one of the th one of the things that i was concerned about is the actual safety um whether or not there's there are any um I looked into biocidal products when I knew we were going to be talking about this, and there's there's some I know not all everything that's online is uh, is is true, but there've been some concerns about toxicity. So this has been tested and is is safe to be used, presumably. Yeah, absolutely. So the safety regulations is paramount. If, if people are uh, need to uh, sort of have peace of mind then they can go onto the Steri 7 um, website or go through our website at Access North to look to find it um, and so they have such rigorous tests that go beyond um, the regulations um, because they know how how important it is that uh, you know we can't be getting rid of a virus and putting hazardous substances in, in its place to be able to, to create more harm so it's a real low dose. And I, the kind of image I think of it is if a virus hits a chlorinated pool, the virus pretty much dies straight away because of the chlorine environment. And that's pretty much what we've got here, what we've got going on. Okay. Yes, because that's, yeah. And also then you do, um, you also produce, or you're also importing, I understand, then hand sanitizer, which is dreadfully low at the moment, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so part of the range is a, um, a biocidal um, hand rub. It's not, it's non-alcohol. It's, it's um, designed, produced to kill bacteria and viruses. 
Um, it's 99.999% effective. Um, obviously, they can't be absolutely perfect. But um, mm. not only that, not only do they have the, the, um, the hand rub, but um, they've got, you know, like little misters that people we can we can what we're looking at sort of um bottling the stereo seven uh and actually you know if people want it or need it they can hopefully learn how to sterilize themselves or at home if they need it um we're kind of still get it's early days here we're still getting ahead around how we can create that habit and routine because you know it's quite vicious stuff and we need to be careful about how we how we put it out there and if, it, if it's in its raw form um, it needs to be uh, mixed correctly um, which we know how to do um, what was I going to say but I think I think we're what we're finding now is that the service is going to come after our all of our attention at the moment is actually stockpiling to make sure that we have enough protective equipment for our teams and that's um, FFP3 and FFP2 masks. So we've got we've got a plane full of um, FFP2 and FFP3 face masks coming in a week and a half uh, to sell to the to our market, our UK market, and we've got a million of each coming. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to um, skim off the top to keep for our teams and then sell to the NHS and whoever uh, whoever needs these face masks the most really and we're trying we're, and we are getting the best prices so we're trying yeah so obviously we're not profiteering we're just trying to make a little bit of a profit because we are a construction company and there is no money in construction mm -hmm. so we need to obviously cover our costs and um yeah so the, the face masks are a big thing at the moment three ply as well yes definitely yeah. Because there's a there's a real shortage. Now you were telling me that they were coming in from China. Yeah, they are coming in from China, and I think the UK government and the US government have um, uh, relaxed their rules and regulations now. That if they you know if they meet the the British standard and European standard and the FDA and and they are FDA approved, then we can bring them in, and which they are. We've got the certificates, everything's vetted. Mm. It's taken us a long time to do that actually, but we've got it. So, I mean, I, well, ideally then, um, I think the fact that at present, as we are recording now, at present, um, China seemed to be on top of it, but they've all been going around. I think we discussed this when we talked originally. They're all walking around. They've been walking around with masks on, I mean, the general public outside, which in this country, in the UK, um, I think I've only seen one person outside with a, a mask on True. around here. We're not really taking it to the same level of self-protection, are we? We're not. And I really want to um, jump on that and emphasize how careful we have to be and how horrific this disease is. This virus is horrific, what it does to us. So I was out, I was out uh, this morning delivering um, surgical gowns for delivery and um, I kind of, everyone was doing as they were told, like they were two meters apart. And I just sort of had to lead by example and kind of make sure that everyone was like at least three meters away. And I said, look, guys, this is really, really uh, serious, this virus. So if you can get a hold of a mask and eyewear and gloves, please wear them when, you're, when you leave your home and stay at home. 
create a routine of leaving your premises with the gear that you go like outside clothes and then have a another routine coming in without you know bringing the outside clothes in you re we really need to break the strain of, of this virus it's absolutely uh, yeah it's it's uh, horrific so if you know if we can all kind of be conscious about breaking our habits for example before i come in we we've, we're fortunate enough to have two cars so we use one car for the outside world and the other car we're just leaving alone at the moment and so mm. so we've got a ute so i use we use the ute and so all of our protective equipment our gloves our jackets that we go out with our hats our glasses and uh, we leave in the car yeah and then and yeah. can i just say and um some people won't know what a ute is i've lived in <laughs> right. australia i know what it is yeah yeah <laughs> perhaps you could explain what your ute it's is a pickup truck right <laughs> pickup truck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 sure pickup truck. um i've actually got sorry i've broken your thread there no you're fine just it's just about being conscious habitually conscious mm -hmm. of what you go out and touch so i think when you leave one has to be really awake and aware of what one does with their body and what they touch what they don't touch um where they where the wind is who are they upwind from <laughs> you know it's time to get back to those real basic sort of sensory sort of uh instincts um and obviously equidistant uh space and that if we can do that as a as a collective um, community, we're gonna we're going to passively resist this virus. Now, one thing I really want to get across is that we're this is not a war. <laughs> All the rhetoric that I hear uh, in the tabloids is all about a war and a fight against this virus. It's not. It's actually the opposite. It's a passive resistant. Uh, stance that we have to take so we have to be like moscow against napoleon and we have to be like um in new zealand there was a famous uh, maori chief called rua kenana who uh he basically passively resisted and and overcame so that's what we have to do we have to <laughs> keep away from it and really the the one of the problems is that it goes against all human well a lot of human nature where we actually want contact and connection with others so um that i think is the hardest and i've seen some um political leaders who automatically hand out to shake i mean it was on the news i'm trying not to watch the news at the moment but um yeah yes it, it's something that you automatically was it putin i think actually went that was on on the television as having um gone around um a hospital where they had cases and the first thing he did was actually shake hands with one of the medical officers who'd greeted him. And that was when we'd already been told that we weren't to have contact and connection, but it's an, an instinct, isn't it? It is, but also everything that we see that comes out of some governments is on purpose. So what is the message they're trying to send there? And I, from what I get is that uh, Putin is not afraid of anything, you know? They would, there is, yeah. they... A deliberate, you oh, think? Deliberate. Absolutely, mm. without a shadow of a doubt. Everything that's uh, recorded, said, is, uh, mm, yeah, is, to, is exactly what they want us to see. Otherwise, they wouldn't have released it, I guess. Yep. So that's okay. I mean, that's how I look at it. But... Um, mm. So, good habits, that's what we need to um, to have. I mean, we're all... 
we're all uh, keeping social dis- well we're keeping social distance as much well we are doing mm. it but um, um, isolated in your own homes a lot of people that's uh, part of the issue isn't it I'll tell you what we did last night but oh, it's the only way mm. yeah just to... sorry it's the only sorry. only way we're going to be able to reduce it sorry, <laughs> Daniel <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, I can stop us both talking at the same time as if I mute and then unmute, and that's not going to go. Yeah, so last night we gathered around the TV, put YouTube on the TV, and our, one of our cricket members um, did a, a, like a quiz, pub quiz. Because like, normally on a Friday, we do a, a, a quiz as a cricket club. And so at 8 o'clock last night, the family gathered around, gathered around the TV and listened to one of our cricket mates live do all the uh, questions and then we write down the answers obviously have winners and there was like a hundred to I think close to 200 people that uh, participated and um, even though we're isolated it it really brought joy to the uh, to my boys especially who you know like a little thing like uh, um, the guy who does his name's bully he read out the kids names and they were just absolutely wrapped and bounced off the walls you know and little so, so how was that done? How, how, would, how did they actually do it? You said on YouTube? Yeah, so they... Or was it on, not on Zoom? No? They did it on YouTube, actually. YouTube Live. Oh, no, they did it on two channels, Facebook Live and YouTube. Yeah. Mm. So you can just, you know, go, go to a YouTube channel and it's the Thongsbridge Cricket Club Cricket channel, I guess. And then, yeah, just uh, join in. And it was great. A couple of beers. I think... Um, yeah, I, I do think that, um, I mean, ending this on a bit more of an upbeat note, really, is the way we can all connect. We're all managing to connect in different ways now. You can stay, so long as you've got the internet and you have technology, we're very privileged, those of us who have, because you you can still see people and interact with them. Um, it's, uh, you know, at distance, at distance. And some people who maybe you wouldn't normally be able to to the, the same extent for instance when i met you on the networking meeting i think there were 40 of us yeah. um i wouldn't or i wouldn't i've never actually been to a networking meeting in leeds just because of the time factor and where it was whereas i don't have to leave the house i was you know it was here so it's um it's working in some instances it's working well now can i just say before we finish um if someone actually wants to purchase products from mm. you you're getting a new a new delivery in in another week did you say yeah so we've got um one million uh of each face mask the ffp2 and the ffp3 arriving on the 15th of april um they will go pretty fast and they are at mm. the moment i believe they are the the, the most inexpensive uh, that uh, people can buy because uh, mm. well, we found out on what was it Thursday morning that um, prices basically doubled overnight, but we've managed to claw it back. So what's happening is we're teaming up with another company and we're actually mobilising uh, our own plane to bring them in. Really? Yeah. Mm. So how would uh, someone wanting to place an order, a uh, business or, I mean, presumably you're just dealing with businesses because I'm presuming it's quantity, isn't it? Is, it? Yeah. So people can get a hold of us on LinkedIn or our uh, direct email address is viroshield, which is V-I-R-O, shield at accessnorth.co.uk. 
or visit our website www.accessnorth.co.uk um, and that kind of we've got like a, obviously this is a pivot so we've got a on our opening page there is a, a an inquiry that people can just click straight in and um, mm. yeah I really just thank you so much Susan for uh, giving this opportunity to kind of get this message out there actually um, no it's it's really good and which is why i'm i'm actually changing what i'm doing because this will go this will go out midweek next week so um yeah i'm putting out as an as an additional one but to be fair um on the podcasting side there's been a lot more interest recently about people wanting to put things you know to actually broadcast different information so i guess i'm probably going to be doing more of these which is um a good a service i can uh provide as far as that's concerned brilliant will do thank you okay was there anything else that you wanted to say or is that (laughs) is that it do you think just just stay at home please like Mm, it's real stay home yes it's very real and if we can break these strains you know our passive resistance will beat this um this challenge Mm. yes and hopefully we'll all come out the other side not all of us but the majority Thank you very much, Daniel. This is Susan signing out now from inside Yorkshire.